What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, Slam Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? It is Crossover Thursday. Thank you to everyone who is checking out the show for the first time, and thank you to all of our loyal listeners as well. We have a fun show for you guys today. Unfortunately, it means we are talking about the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs who looked really good in their first game on Thursday night football against the Houston Texans. So David is going to join the Locked On Chiefs to get into maybe some of their weaknesses if they have any, as well as what they expect to happen this weekend. But we're going to start with the news that the Chargers have added somebody to their practice squad. They added Malik Jefferson, which we thought might happen with the signing with the activation of Asmar Bilal. And we'll also be getting into Casey Hayward Jr. winning the AFC Defensive Player of the Week award. It was definitely worthy after his performance on Sunday. And then we'll get into some somber news because Joey Bosa is out at practice on Wednesday. We are not hugely concerned, but it's definitely something we have to keep our eyes on. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, Los Angeles Chargers star defensive end Joey Bosa had to miss practice and Casey Hayward Jr. won AFC Defensive Player of the Week. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers released their first injury report of the week on Wednesday and the key guy on the list that was not out at practice was Joey Bosa. He was not the only player that ended up missing practice on Wednesday as Donald Parham Jr. missed it with an illness and Justin Jackson missed as well with that quadricep injury that he suffered against the Bengals. So a couple of guys on there that we expected to see Donald Parham Jr. was a surprise. But the one that everyone is talking about right now is Joey Bosa David who had to miss practice because of a triceps injury. And obviously for this Chargers defense that played so well on Sunday, he is one of your most important players and you never want to see him on the injury report. You definitely do not want to see Joey Bosa on the injury report, especially after the Chargers gave him $135 million in a five-year extension. It's definitely a big concern going up against the Chiefs on Sunday. Joey Bosa did say on Monday, though, that he was feeling pretty good after the game. He was a bit fatigued, but he felt like he was playing fast and his pass rush moves were great. But he also finished with something on his arm. Per Jeff Miller of the LA Times, Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa missed some snaps on Sunday in Cincinnati, dealing with an issue and finished the game with a sleeve-type device on his upper arm. He's wearing it again today. Now we know that de- now we know according to the injury report that Joey Bosa is dealing with a tricep issue, but we do not know the extent of the injury. You know, with him missing practice on Wednesday, Daniel, the Chargers are just being cautious and trying to get Joey Bosa to Sunday as healthy as possible. 
And one of the things that many people were talking about during the Chargers game on Sunday was the fact that, especially later on in the game, there were moments when Joey Bosa was not on the field in critical situations. And now it makes a lot more sense if he was dealing with a triceps injury. We have not heard any concern from anyone as far as this being something that is serious. And on Sunday, we got to see him play with the injury that he currently has. So you would be led to believe that he could still be out there playing, but you obviously have to be very cautious with somebody that you just gave so much money to and whose future is so important to your defense. But another defender that got recognized, but another defender that made news on Wednesday was Casey Hayward Jr. when he was selected by the NFL as the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Casey Hayward had a ton of action on Sunday. He was all over the place making plays, and and he got recognized, David, by the NFL. Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, it's, it's really funny because you look at Casey Hayward's performance from a couple of different places on Sunday, and some people liked it and some people absolutely hated it. On Pro Football Focus, he had one of the lowest grades among all of Chargers that were graded with a 31.3 overall grade. But you see the NFL saw his performance a little bit differently with the 12 tackles and two pass defense as he did win AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Per Brock Anderson, Casey Hayward became the first NFL DB since at least 2000 to have more than 10 solo tackles and multiple pass breakups on kickoff weekends. So I think that just goes to show you a little bit how all over the place Casey Hayward was on Sunday. He was making plays, making tackles on the ball carrier and limiting his receivers as well. See, one thing, Casey Hayward does not usually get targeted a lot. On Sunday, he absolutely was. Joe Burrow targeted Casey Hayward a league high 17 times on Sunday. From Bolts from the Blue, Casey Hayward only gave up 10 catches for 93 yards and no touchdowns. 58 of those 93 yards were surrendered through the air. And Hayward did a really good job of limiting the yards after the catch, only giving up 35 yards after the catch. Casey Hayward all over the place on Sunday and looking good. Hopefully we can see that continue going forward. And he has the chance to be the best player in a very talented secondary with the Chargers, but 10 plus solo tackles from a corner. A lot of corners don't like to tackle, but Casey Hayward Jr. was not having that issue. And he had a huge play when he ended up breaking up a touchdown pass from Joe Burrow to A.J. Green. But another move the Chargers slid in on Wednesday was them adding a player to their practice squad. It was Malik Jefferson, a linebacker who has spent time with the Chargers in 2019 and in 2020 in training camp. He did not make the initial 53-man roster or the practice squad, but now with Asmar Bilal moving up from the practice squad with Drew Tranquil going to injured reserve, he'll have another chance to stick around, and the Chargers are showing that they must still have some faith in him that he could come in and contribute if they need him at some point, being so familiar with this Chargers defense. And maybe the third-round pick by the Cincinnati Bengals in 2018 could finally show why he was taken there with the Chargers sometime down the road. But we do have a couple more segments to get into because it is crossover Thursday. And so David's going to be asking the Locked On Chiefs some questions about the Chiefs and Sunday's game and hopefully get some weaknesses out of them coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. 
Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support where it matters most. To make it easier for you guys to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use that promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. This is a really good deal. They don't do sales often. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all caps, one word, for 25% off your purchase, superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And welcome back to another crossover episode. This is going to be a good crossover episode with Los Angeles Chargers, uh, David Drogermeyer. David, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, man. Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Week one win, can't really complain. Exactly. Hey, same boat here. Obviously, wasn't as uh, beautiful uh, as your guys' win. You guys definitely thoroughly dominated that football game. But anytime you get a win in the National Football League, it is a good day. Yeah, and you're going through a situation with a new QB and adjusting to that. So, I mean, it's going to be a little bit different for you guys, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the first time in 15 years you got a different quarterback under center that is not named Phillip Rivers or occasionally Charlie Charlie Whitehurst or Billy Volick. But honestly, Phillip Rivers has ran the show for the Chargers for a very, very long time. But this is the type of quarterback that Anthony Lynn said that he wants. He wants a more mobile quarterback, a guy that can extend the play, a guy that can take care of the football, which is paramount. I mean, he said it repeatedly in press conference after press conference. We have to get better in the turnover margin. Historically, Tyrod Taylor is one of the best in the National Football League in history. And limiting his turnover. His turnover ratio is second best in NFL history to only Aaron Rodgers. So that's one thing he is going to bring to the table, but you might have to sacrifice some of those sexy, flashy plays that Phillip Rivers brought to the t- brought to the table. Yeah, and you may have to sacrifice those, but Phillip Rivers was throwing picks left and right last year, and that really cost him against Kansas City, especially uh, in that game in Mexico. So let's go ahead and jump into this, and I'll let you go ahead and ask me questions first, and then we'll flip over, and I'll ask you some questions about the Chargers. All right, sounds good, man. Well, uh, first of all, how in God's green earth did you guys get all of those free agents under contract when your cap situation was one of the worst in the NFL? What type of wizardry did your front office like was able to conjure to be able to get that stuff done? Yeah, $177 at one point was the Chiefs' free cap space in, during the offseason. And they signed Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all two extensions, uh, and brought in Kalechi Assembly as well uh, as some other smaller moves. But, you know, you look at it, and COVID is part of it. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif had a big contract. Uh, he's not going to be playing this year. Damien Williams is another guy that's not going to be playing this year. So that helped a little bit. Um, you know, Chris Jones being willing to take a deal – that wasn't going to pay him massively in 2020 was a very big part of it as well. Uh, he's basically getting the same amount of money he was going to get on the franchise tag, but he gave them the, the cap financial flexibility, not really uh, taking a big you know up in payment this year. So I think that really helped. And you know Patrick Mahomes' deal, you know what are you going to say? Five hundred million dollars? How are you going to fit that into the salary cap? Uh, thankfully, it's over. If you know 
over a 10 year period. Uh, but you know, at this point, it's one of those guys, you know, he deserves that kind of money. And uh, so it's really hard to say no, not to pay him. Yeah, definitely. I totally understand that deal. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gave you guys your first Super Bowl in a very, very long time. So definitely he has, just, he's earned that money and he's going to, you know, he's going to be earning it over the next 12 years. But let's jump into this season. Um, the first impressions of Clyde Edwards Elaire. Did you expect him to step in and be able to perform like that right away? You know, I think the thing that really surprised me about that whole situation wasn't necessarily Clyde. I think that I was really impressed with him when he was at LSU, and I really was hoping Kansas City would draft him. Um, I will admit I didn't think that they would take a running back in the first round, but I was okay with the pick, uh, seeing as how they had, before COVID happened, 22 of their 24 starters returning from last year. Uh, I, I felt pretty good about that. But then you look at what he brings to the table, and, and you look at what Andy Reid did in that game plan, he basically ran him, you know, 25 times. I can't remember the last time a Chiefs running back ran the ball that many times in a game. It just doesn't happen. Andy Reid doesn't run the ball that often. And, and you know, you said it earlier, you know, the Chiefs kind of wanted a convincing fashion and, and say what you want, but that score wasn't really as close as the final box score made you Not think Not at all. Uh, you know, that was garbage points in the fourth quarter uh, for two of their touchdowns. So, uh you know, I think that was a part of it was they got so far ahead that they were able to run. But you saw the juke move he put on, I'm guessing, at least uh, against the safety. And good luck stopping this offense if they can do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he looked phenomenal in that first game. And you're right. I mean, that, that type of balance is something that really has been missing from an already ridiculously efficient and very dangerous Chiefs offense. But switching over to the defensive side, Shavarius Ward broke his hand in this week one game, and Brashad Breland is suspended through the first four weeks. Uh, how do you think the team is going to plan to try to fill in for those big absences? You know, that's a big absence on both of those guys, and, and Ward is going to be an even bigger absence, I think, than Breland because Ward, I think, was becoming their number one corner. I'm not going to say he's a shutdown corner, but he's very good. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves from a lot of Chiefs fans, but you, you look at what they have behind them and it's just a bunch of young guys. If they don't bring somebody in, I think that, that it's possible that Ward will end up playing. Yeah, he broke his hand, but how many times have we seen corners uh, break their hand in playing casts? Uh, I mean, that just seems to be the, the norm at this point. So I would expect that he's going to play. He may not play this week against the Chargers. That wouldn't shock me if he didn't play and they gave him a week rest, uh, but I do expect he'll be back against the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. I mean, they're just going to ball it up, put the club on it, and throw them out there, I'm sure. I mean, there's not really much else you can do to get, you know, to make that injury any worse. So, um, you know, what is the, one of the weaknesses uh, on offense and then just one on defense that the Chargers would be wise to try to exploit against this Chiefs team on Sunday? Well, I think one of the things you saw against the Texans was the Chiefs really struggled to get – yards in the short running game when they know that they're going to be running the ball. Uh, I think that that's definitely something they're going to have to work on. But forgive me if I'm going to reserve judgment, I guess is the best way to put it, because you watch that first game and there's not been any kind of preseason work. Yeah, you have training camp, but you're not going against other guys. You're not really getting an idea of, of the chemistry that you have with other people when you're not going against people that you know on a daily basis. So I think that, you know, give them a couple of weeks. I think they'll get some of it figured out. But the other side of it is, is Kansas City has really struggled in short yardage running uh, consistently while Reed's been here. So 
you know, it may be something that they're just not going to be good at throughout the entire season. So if you can keep them into, you know, second and third and short, maybe you have a better chance. But at the same time, if Reed's smart, he won't be running the ball as much. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, I think one of the biggest things that you're going to look at is the linebackers really struggled against the Texans. And I think I'm a little concerned about that, but I talked about this on the show earlier this week uh, with Ryan and, and saying, you know, you look at it and you say, well, they haven't played any preseason games. And I think that's really key. Uh, you know, you're not really reading. I mean, you're, you're used to reading your offense. You're used to reading all those things. You're not really re- used to reading somebody else's plays and, and not knowing what's coming. So I think that that's going to be something that, that they'll eventually work into. But linebacker is something that they've struggled with the past couple of years. So Anthony Hitchens has got to play better. Damian Wilson has to play better. And Ben Neiman has to play better if he's going to continue to play. Gotcha. Well, hey, I know Chargers fans out there appreciate getting some more insight on how they can attack this uh, Chiefs team that looks very, very strong. But I also kind of expected some sloppy football just throughout, you know, week one, probably even into week two, just because that lack of preseason, like you mentioned, I think it's really, really monumental. As much as coaches want to try to simulate game speed, you just can't. There's just no substitute for it. Well, it's, it's shape and, and shape and tackling, really. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, football is one thing. You, you can do a training camp as much as you want. You can try to do game speed. Guys aren't in game shape right now. They're just not. I mean, that's the reality of it, and, and that'll adjust throughout you know the next two or three weeks. No, yeah, I definitely I couldn't agree more with that. Um, but you know, lastly, here, you know, wrapping, wrapping up my portion of this is, you know, what do you think? You know, just ultimately is going to end up deciding this game on Sunday. Honestly, I think that this game is going to come down to can the Chargers score enough points? Because I I think the Chargers have a good defense, but good luck stopping Patrick Mahomes. Um, he has scored, I think, 24 or more points in just about every game he's played in his NFL career. So, uh, you know, if the Chargers are going to be down in the you know teens, they're not going to have a chance of winning this game. So that's the big thing for me is can they put points on the board uh, when given the opportunity? And I think that there are going to be chances there especially if you're playing a lot of young corners. Uh, But I still like Mahomes in in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you look back on the matchups against Patrick Mahomes, the Chargers defense has been extremely, extremely good. I mean, he's held them. The Chargers defense has held Patrick Mahomes to under 200 yards passing each of the last two games they played against him. And so they've done a good job. But, yes, there's so many weapons you have to keep account of, and that is – certainly scary but hey we're going to switch things on over and uh, he's going to ask me some questions about the chargers and we're going to do that right after this all right well before we get back to the crossover first i need to tell you guys that this season get football on your time with nfl game pass you can catch every snap from every game with full replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games you can relive all the gutsy calls crazy catches wild comebacks and breakout stars from every game every week it's all action, all the football you can handle all in one place, and NFL Game Pass is the only place for you to replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive, all you have to do is go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And before the break, we were talking about uh, – he was asking me some questions. David was asking me some questions about the Chiefs. Now, I'm going to ask him some questions about the Chargers. First off, 
How does it feel to be in a new stadium this year? How do you think the team is dealing with being in a new stadium? Uh, and not to throw shade at you guys, uh, but it, it almost is going to be like it was a home game in the past couple of seasons where you guys haven't had a ton of fans in the stands to begin with. Ha ha ha! Of course, you had you had to get that shot out there. That, that's okay. That's okay. We'll we'll take that. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's no <laughs> there's no mistaking the the fact that the Chargers have not had great fan support in a soccer stadium in which they've been playing in while waiting for the incredible SoFi Stadium to be built. I mean, this thing. If you watch Sunday Night Football, it is truly a marvel. I mean, one of the most incredible buildings that I have ever seen. Uh, I think it's exciting for the players. I think they love the fact that they get to go into a brand new building, state-of-the-art technology, everything around them is brand new. I mean, that is awesome. I think they, you know, they really did a good job of mixing their new uniforms, breaking into a new stadium. I know they would love to have fans here, you know, to be able to support. Uh, but unfortunately, the way thing COVID, the way COVID is going in California right now. There's just no foreseeable future in which I see fans being able to attend games. So um, they're going to have to uh, just conform. I mean, they're going to have to conform to what the rest of the league is dealing with. Of course, Kansas City is allowing to have them to have some fans, which is cool. But most places around the NFL, there is not a lot of fans in the stadium. So I think that really just equals things out. I mean, there's no fans at home. There's no fans away for the most part. So I think it just keeps everything on more of a, a level playing field. Yeah. When you start looking at this matchup and, and start looking at uh, the Chiefs versus the Chargers, one of the things that has always stood out to me is Travis Kelsey seems to have big games against you guys. And I, I won't say that happens every time, but it's happened a lot more when Derwin James hasn't been available. He's not going to be available again this this time around. Uh, first off, with Derwin James, are you starting to concern be concerned whether or not he's going to be able to stay healthy at all? And secondly, how are you going to – really stop Travis Kelsey. I mean, obviously it sucks having to watch DJ go down again. I mean, everybody was so excited for what they were going to be able to see out of him. He basically said in his rookie year when he won, you know, was elected first team all pro is that he was really only playing based off his athletic ability. His knowledge of the game was not there. And it took him through net, you know, this next season where he also got hurt, but came back and then into this year where he actually said, hey, the mental side of the game has caught up to my physical side. So everyone was really excited to see him actually just go out there and play ball and unleash his crazy talent upon the league. But unfortunately, he goes down with a, a another injury. And yeah, how could you not in your head start feeling like, is this guy going to turn into another Jason Verrett situation where he has all the talent in the world when he's on the field? He is a transcendent type of guy, but that's the problem. One of the best abilities in the National Football League is availability, and if you cannot show up on Sundays, you can't help the team no matter how talented you are. Now, Absolutely. how do you take away Travis Kelsey? I mean, has anyone been able to figure that out? Uh, but in all due no. respect um, – I believe it's going to be a tiered approach. I mean, you have to do it in multiple different ways. You have to chip him. You have to, you can't, you know, really um, go one-on-one -on -one with him. He's shown that he can burn linebackers. You kind of have to put a safety on him. So I think you're probably going to see Rayshon Jenkins go one-on-one -on -one with him a lot. I think Chris Harris Jr. will try to cover him from time to time in the slot. 
So I think it's just multiple different ways. I mean, you're not really going to stop him. You just got to try to slow him down and limit him as much as you can so he doesn't take over the football game. Yeah, and, and you're right. Stopping Travis Kelsey, nobody's really come up with a way to do that, but it's limiting his exposure and, and what he exposes your defense to is, I think, going to be the key. You know, the other thing that Kansas City really throws at you, and, and we didn't really see a lot of it this past week against the Texans because you didn't need it, but you have Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, Demarcus Robinson coming out at you from the outside, and you should still have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. You know, your corner group and your safety group is going to be tested in this game. How are you feeling about going against uh, this Chiefs offense? Well, I think it's strength versus strength, to be honest with you. I think the Chargers secondary is one of the best in the National Football League. I think Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward is one of the most unprecedented corners. He just does not get the respect in the NFL, although he goes out there and performs year after year after year. And you have Rayshon Jenkins, who had a great year last year, had three interceptions at the strong safety position. And then you introduce Nazir Adderley, who was the Chargers' uh, second-round pick of 2019, who pretty much redshirted his whole first year because he just couldn't get over the injury bug. But he is healthy now. He is a ball hawk. This guy has natural instincts in the field. He has speed. He can go sideline to sideline. So I think, obviously – the Chiefs, they hit you with just incredible amounts of speed. Tyreek Hill is always somebody you have to account for, and you can't really cover him one-on-one. You have to have safety help, and that exposes you to other you know spots on, on, the, on the defense. But I, I feel pretty good about this matchup. I think this matchup right here is going to decide the game ultimately. I think is can the Chargers limit the big plays and limit Tyreek Hill as much as possible in order to stay in this game? The Chargers defense is fantastic, but you cannot trade threes for sevens against the Chiefs offense. They can score all day. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because I was going to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball uh, for Kansas City. And when you look at this Chargers team, you know, what they score 16 points, I believe, against the the Bengals. No, yeah, and the Bengals, it's they were they had the number one pick this past year, and I will admit I didn't get a chance to see that game, so I'm not going to judge it based on that. But you have to score. You're going to have to figure. You're going to have to score 24, 25, probably even maybe 30 against Kansas City to have a chance in this game. How are you feeling about your offense and where it is? Uh, especially, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier, but the Philip Rivers and, and Tyrod Taylor thing is, is part of it. But then you have all these other new pieces too. Yeah, how do I feel about it? I'm scared. I mean, th- this <laughs> offense is is not in sync right now. It definitely seems like they really tried to overhaul this offense in the offseason. And in this offseason where you just didn't have OTAs, you didn't have time on the on the field to install it, I mean, the, they only had training camp to get this done. That's so much information, so much change to be able to get done in such a small amount of time. It's just asking too much. So I saw, I think you saw that week one with this Chargers offense and how anemic it was. It took about a good half for them to really get in sync and start moving the football down the field. And, you know, once they did, it started to look pretty decent. The one core thing that the Chargers are going to really try to do this year is run the football a lot more they're going to run it with the running backs uh, with a multi-tiered approach they're going to run it with the with the quarterback they're going to run the ball more and that's one of my keys against the Chiefs is you got to stay on the football field but once you get on the field you have to score touchdowns because like I said their offense can go all day so that's the big key for me is and also how do I it's, it's just yeah 
I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say that I'm all on board with this Chargers offense. They need to clean it up, and they need to just do better at cleaning, completing some of the short and medium passes. We just didn't see that very well. They ran the ball effectively, 155 rushing yards, but the passing game was not on the same page. Well, I think that's one of the things that Kansas City really has going for it going into this year is the continuity that they had last year coming into this season. I think it's really going to put them ahead of some teams this year. Uh, so I do think that that could play a key in this game. But you also look at the fact that you're going to be trying – the Chargers are going to try to attack Kansas City on the ground, which I understand uh, why they would want to do that. But when you're looking at Kansas City's defense, I'm not going to say they're good against the run, but they did get better last year at the end of the season in, in the playoffs. But they're going to be weakest at corner. So really being able to attack those corners – I think would be the the better thing for the Chargers to do. But if that's not their game plan, then they're not going to go that direction. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what is your prediction for this game? Yeah, I mean, Charger fans, if they listen to my show, they know I'm normally the optimistic type of person. Dan's <laughs> more of the realistic type of person. But I have to be realistic in this one. I mean, obviously, I'm a Charger fan. There's no mistaking that. But you have to be realistic. When you look at, you know, just the the continuity you talked about, the just such low turnover on both sides of the ball, how quickly and, and efficiently and easily they can move the ball down the football field. I just I love the Chargers defense and I think they're going to keep it close for a good portion of it, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to stay fresh enough to be able to keep it close long enough for the offense to catch up. So for that reason, I think it's a 31 to 20 Chiefs win. Okay. And I can definitely see that. I, you know, I look at this game and I think that it, there's a possibility that it could be closer than I would think it would be. Uh, but I also think that the Chargers are going to lack the offensive firepower. And, and I do agree that the Chargers have a good defense. I just, with the way that Mahomes was looking, at least uh, in that game against the Texans, I think that that's going to be trouble for this team. So I'm going to go 35. Uh, 35-17 Kansas City. Uh, and I do think that it, it's possible it could be closer, but it's really going to depend on uh, what Andy Reid's wanting to do and, and how much he's wanting to put out there. Yeah, these AFC West matchups are always fun no matter what. It's always going to be physical. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's what happens when you play a team twice a year. And you guys are, you know, the Super Bowl champions. So the Chargers need to come in here and disrespect them a little bit, but I just don't see it. Fair enough. David, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, good luck this year, except appreciate for this week, obviously. <laughs> Always, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. All right. Well, a special thanks to the Locked On Chiefs, and we'll have another crossover with them later on in the year. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow, we will be getting into our keys for success and also making some game predictions and bold predictions for Sunday's game. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as giving us a follow on Spotify or subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure to rate and review when we'd really appreciate it. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, the number is 323-524-7924 for the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. We try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow to make our predictions and say what we need the Chargers to do to get to have success on Sunday. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.